Add cake. Subtract self-esteem. Anxiety and the mathematics of desire. The lure of starving, the baffling, seductive hook, was that it soothed, a balm of safety and containment that seemed to remove me from the ordinary, fraught world of human hunger and place me high above it in a private kingdom of calm. This didn't happen immediately, this sense of transcendent solace, and there certainly wasn't anything blissful or even long-lived about the state. Starving is a painful, relentless experience, and also a throbbingly dull one. An entire life boiled down to a singular sensation, physical hunger, and a singular obsession, food. But when I think back on those years, which lasted through my mid-twenties, And when I try to get underneath the myriad meanings and purposes of such a bizarre fixation, that's what I remember most pointedly. The calm, the relief from an anxiety that felt both oceanic and nameless. For years I ate the same foods every day, in exactly the same manner, at exactly the same times. I devoted a monumental amount of energy to this endeavor— thinking about food, resisting food, observing other people's relationships with food, anticipating my own paltry indulgences in food. And this narrowed, specific, driven rigidity made me feel supremely safe. One concern, one feeling, everything else just background noise. Disorders of appetite, food addictions, compulsive shopping, promiscuous sex, have a kind of semiotic brilliance expressing in symbol and metaphor what women themselves may not be able to express in words. And I can deconstruct anorexia with the best of them. Anorexia is a response to cultural images of the female body, waif-like, angular, that both capitulates to the ideal and also mocks it, strips away all the ancillary signs of sexuality, strips away breasts and hips and butt, and leaves in their place a garish caricature, a cruel cartoon of flesh and bone. It is a form of silent protest, a hunger strike that expresses some deep discomfort with the experience of inhabiting an adult female body. It is a way of co-opting the traditional female preoccupation with food and weight by turning the obsession upside down, directing the energy not toward the preparation and provision and ingestion of food, but toward the shunning of it and all that it represents. Abundance, plenitude, caretaking. Anorexia is this, anorexia is that. Volumes have been written about such symbolic expressions, and there's truth to all of them, and they are oddly comforting truths. They help to decipher this puzzle. They help to explain why eating disorders are the third most common chronic illness among females in the United States, and why 15% of young women have substantially disordered attitudes and behaviors toward food and eating, and why the incidence of eating disorders has increased by 36% every five years since the 1950s. They offer some hope. If we can understand this particularly devastating form of self-inflicted cruelty, maybe we can find a way to stop it. I, too, am tempted to comfort and explain, to look back with the cool detachment of twenty years and offer a crisp critique. A little cultural commentary here, a little metaphorical analysis there. But what recedes into the background amid such explanations, 
and what's harder to talk about because it's intangible and stubborn and vast, is the core, the underlying drive, the sensation that not only made anorexia feel so seductively viable for me some two decades ago, but that also informs the central experience of appetite for so many women, the first feeling we bring to the table of hunger. Anxiety. A sense of being overwhelmed. There is a particular whir of agitation about female hunger, a low-level thrumming of shoulds and shouldn'ts and can'ts and wants that can be so chronic and familiar it becomes a kind of feminine muzak, easy to dismiss or to tune out altogether, even if you are actively participating in it.